What is up? DGAFers. So excited for this episode. We are, are taking you through our journeys through the intuitive eating process. Um, if you are new to following us on social media or you're new to listening to the podcast episode, this is a recent change that, that Lauren and I have made, a recent shift. And intuitive eating, basically, if you are, are super new to the concept, it's letting go of all the diet rules, the weight loss ideas, all of the social stigmas around diet culture, and really just learning to trust your body around food. You're eating for pleasure. You're eating because you enjoy it. You're removing the feelings of guilt and shame that come along with eating anything. Um, and really, I think with exercising too, like you're just really getting back to doing the things you enjoy, eating the things you enjoy, doing the workouts you enjoy because you enjoy them and not because you feel guilt or you feel pressure or you feel shame or like a failure or anything like that. Yes, definitely. And we kind of talk a little bit about, we talk a little bit about why weight loss needs to hit the road as in terms of like your focus, we're going to record another episode, like solely on why weight loss is damaging your health more so than doing any good for it. Uh, But this episode, like she said, we really just want to share with you kind of what we're experiencing because we're, we're newly going through the intuitive eating process and we're hitting a stage that all of you are going to hit um, if you decide to, to do this with us. And we want to just reassure you that it's normal. And we really talk about why intuitive eating is a healing process and why pursuing weight loss is literally just like stabbing yourself with a knife. Like it's like injuring you further when you're pursuing weight loss and how intuitive eating is actually healing your wounds. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this stage that we're going through right now is called hyper awareness. And Lauren and I really are just sharing in this episode, different ways that we've realized diet culture is still in the back of our heads. It's still controlling us. It's so popping up like in places in situations that I never, never expected it to. Um, it's been very, very interesting just to like pay close attention to our thought processes and the, the things that pop in our heads and, and kind of blindside us. Yeah. And also how are we managing them and what are we doing to work through them? So we're kind of talking to you about that as well. Uh, we also mentioned in here, if this conversation is really resonating with you, like you're like, fuck, I need to let go of weight loss. It's just causing me to have disordered eating. It's causing me to binge. It's causing me to hate myself. It's causing me to have fear constantly. You know, you're just sick of feeling like that. Definitely encourage taking a look at intuitive eating, um, and, and going down this road, we actually have a free download that, really helps you assess where you are right now in terms of how awake is your intuitive eater. So how damaged are you by diet culture? Um, And so we have an assessment for you. It's a free download. Like I said, it's going to be linked in our bio, but also with that, we talk a little bit more about the 10 principles of intuitive eating, because a lot of people think you can snap your fingers and become an intuitive eater. No, there's an actual process to it. There's 10 principles we have to work through. So we list those for you. Um, we also talk about what intuitive eating is versus what it's not, some misconceptions that people have. So if you're really interested in going down this route, but you don't know where to start, go grab that free download because where we start is becoming self-aware 
and also understanding what it is. And then to follow that free download, once you download it, we will be sending you weekly emails, just educating you more so on intuitive eating, our experiences, and allowing you to ask questions. Yep. Yep. So that's going to be linked in the show notes. And like she said, I'm excited for this email series that we're going to be sending out because it's something that it's kind of like our podcast, except you get one-on-one attention from us because you can respond to every single email that we send you. And the two of us are on the other end, getting right back to you personally. So this is a way for us to really connect on a deeper level. And I mean, there's only so much that we can share on social media and our Instagram stories through reels on our podcast. Like we're trying to get it all out there. Um, so this just gives us one deeper way to really, really connect with you and, and share the ins and outs of all of this. Yes. And if you want to be aware of when our podcast episodes are coming out and be notified on that and actually be up to date, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. So you can do that through Apple podcast. Um, you can do that on Spotify, basically any way that you can listen to podcasts, make sure though you hit subscribe. So that will be in your library so that you can always pull us up and you'll see, we'll pop up at the top of your, your screen, uh, when a new episode is up and and available for you so that you don't miss anything. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realized that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGAFer, like don't give a or get it. (laughs) Oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGAFer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGAFer who doesn't give a what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. So you guys probably know if you're following us on social media that we are personally going through our own intuitive eating journeys. We have both been tainted (laughs) hardcore by diet culture. And like we said, when we wanted to make the shift, we felt like something was off when we tried to diet again after we had our babies to get back to our pre-baby, whatever the fuck that is. Um, we were like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go on this intuitive eating journey. And we knew it wasn't going to be easy because I think we were all pretty self-aware at the time of how much diet culture has impacted us. But I don't think we were, we didn't understand a, how hard it was going to be because of how much damage we truly have. I feel like a lot of the damage that we had were kind of covered up by like routines and meal plans and rules. And now that we're kind of releasing those, there's a lot of diet culture spiking up and we're noticing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I even thought of things a little bit differently in an opposite way, Lauren, because, you know, I know when you went into this thinking like, I have all this work to do. I went into this thinking, 
I don't, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Like this is going to be a simple little tweak. And so it was just funny because last week Lauren started her workbook and, and all of that a little bit before I did, she was a little bit ahead of me. So I was listening to her, like share her experiences and all of this. And once I busted mine out and actually started doing the work, I was blown away because it it's, you know, at this point in my life, I have learned how to compensate. I've learned how to remove things that trigger me and just follow the rules, do what I've always been, been told to do. And now that I'm challenging that it's like, things are coming up for me that I didn't even realize would be in my head. And like diet culture is like sneaking in and like smacking me in the face from like every angle. I feel like, because it's just been so buried in me for so long. So that's what we want to talk about today. Just some of the examples of like the oh shit moments we've had over the past couple of weeks as we've started this journey. Yeah, we wanna share this with you because if you're considering um, venturing down and like canceling diet culture out completely, like you're like, I'm not doing diets anymore. I want to learn how to become an intuitive eater. I want to have more positive body image. Like I wanna feel good about myself and not trying to shrink my body constantly. We want to bring to your awareness that you're going to have some experiences like this. It might not be identical to what we're experiencing because everybody has their own issues with diet culture, their own rules that they follow and crazy things like that. Um, but just know that it's normal and it's all a part of the process. And the process isn't just this linear um in the book, actually, in the intuitive eating book that I was reading, and I was listening to it today when I was doing my makeup, she talks about different thinkers. And one of them was linear thinkers and diet culture has diets in general have really created um, a lot of linear thinkers out there thinking that I start it, I do it to a T and I get to the end result. And if any of you have actually dieted, you know, that's a fucking lie, but they try to make you think that that's what it is. And so just know intuitive eating is like a big scribble on a piece of paper. It is not a straight line. And you're going to be experiencing a whole bunch of emotions. You're going to be learning a lot about yourself, but it's actually going to lead you to a much happier and healthier place. Definitely. And you know, one of the questions that we are getting asked pretty frequently is, can I do intuitive eating if I, if I want to lose weight, if I need to lose weight? And that's something that we need to address in a full podcast episode. Um, so maybe that can be our next one, or at least one coming up here soon. But short answer is no, you've got to let that weight loss go. And so Lauren was saying, you know, you, if you're at the point where you're ready to get rid of diets, like that's amazing. You also have to be at the point where you're ready to get rid of that weight loss idea in your head because, and cause you may be thinking like, yeah, but I'm not really dieting. Like, and that's how sneaky diet culture is. Like if you're doing anything that with the, the goal to shrink your body, to lose weight, to make it smaller, anything intuitive eating isn't going to work. And it's, that's part of this entire process is to let that go and get back to just following your body's natural hunger cues and natural signals. And it's hard work. I think it's harder work to do this than it is to follow any diet. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard work because you're having to confront yourself. <laughs> like you can't hide behind a meal plan. You can't hide behind, um, 
any of that. Like you have to just be upfront, the raw, real you and kind of seeing what has happened along the way. And, and then healing is, is hard. Um, but if, and I had a conversation with somebody, well, we're going to get to our examples here in a second, but I had a conversation with somebody on Instagram. She DM'd me and I loved her question or she DM'd us. I was the one on the other end answering. Um, and she was, it was weight loss. She was like, I, I need to lose weight. My doctor has told me I need to lose weight. Um, but I really like, I'm loving what you guys are talking about. She's like, I just like, don't know about these diets. Like, I just like, can't do them. Like, but I'm told that I need to lose weight, blah, blah. So we had a great conversation, um, about what weight loss truly does to us is when we're pursuing weight loss, we lose complete and utter trust with our biological makeup. Um, we start relying on outside factors to tell us what our body needs and how we think and how we move and how we do things. We become almost like a puppet and other people are pulling the strings when you're focused on weight loss. Um, when you are on your healing journey. So I was like weight loss. When you pursue that, you're pursuing a lot of guilt, shame, and hurt. That's just, and that's like the end result. A lot of people think once they lose the weight, they're going to feel amazing and happy. And you might even see people promoting that, like my life's better now that I've lost weight and they're not showing you the real truth. And they might not even know the real truth of how fucking miserable they truly are. Um, they just think this is the only way to live. But I told her, I was like, pursuing weight loss equals guilt, shame, and, and hurt. I was like, but if you, once you pursue intuitive eating, it's not an easy process, but you have to remember that you're pursuing healing, like you're healing, you're healing wounds when you're going through the intuitive eating process. And if you think about a wound, think about when you hurt yourself or like me as C-section or, or Jenna who had a vaginal birth and had to like get stitched up, like think about wounds for a second. When you are healing them, it fucking hurts sometimes. And it's difficult to heal those wounds. You're like, holy shit, it's getting worse before it gets better. I don't understand. And then it heals. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the same process with intuitive eating. So, and I'm, I'm going to take that analogy one step further. It depends yeah. how, it depends how deep your wound is. I mean, if you're like me and like Lauren, you know, we started dieting and focusing on weight loss when we were early teens. So if you've been doing that since you were in middle school or in high school, which I think, you know, a lot of you have who are listening to this episode, then this process is going to take you a little bit longer. It might be a little bit harder for you to undo all of this, this thinking that has been shoved on you for years and years and years. And I feel like that for me, that's what I've started to experience. So I'm kind of in the stage right now of hyper awareness mm -hmm. where I'm really just like, like, oh shit, that's diet culture. Like, oh shit, this is turning up here. But it's, it's interesting to have those experiences. So like one example, I'm just going to, you know, well, let's, let's dive in. Mm -hmm. uh, Lauren and I went on a walk the other day. She came over. It was like the first nice day in Ohio. Finally. Um, about finally. <laughs> finally. So we went for a walk and we get to the end of my driveway. And I looked at her like literally like full on panic mode. And I was like, what time is it? She's like, I don't know why. 
And I'm like, oh my God, this is so weird. But I like, I had to know what time it was so that I could time our walk. I had to know how many minutes I was walking. So then I could correlate the minutes to the amount of miles because we'd probably be walking a 10 minute mile or a 12 minute mile. So if we walked for 24 minutes, we'd go two miles. And that was what was playing in my head as we were starting our walk to just like go hang out together. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, the problem with that is, and so just to explain this, like there's no issue with wanting to walk a certain, like to walk, um, like, oh, I want to walk two miles today. But the problem is, is that the reason that we want to track all of this stuff is because it, it like correlates to us wanting to either punish ourselves for something we've eaten prior, we want to burn more calories or it's just programmed that the more I move, the more weight I will lose, the smaller my body will be with the longer walk, with the more steps, with whatever. So, and that's kind of, I'm assuming what kind of came up for you was something along that, that line. And so when you're an actual intuitive eater, you've gone through all the stages and we are actually educating on those stages and the principles too. Um, through our email series. So if you grab our free download that we have, it's um, called Ditch the Diet, the first steps to quitting the dieting loop um, and, and eating intuitively. If you opt into that and grab that guide, we will be sending you weekly emails. And one of those emails, um, actually we talk about the stages that you go through, through intuitive eating. But anyways, once you kind of get to that final stage, movement also becomes intuitive. And so you're not tracking every step and freaking out about how many miles did I run and how many calories did I burn in that workout? Because you're not focused on shrinking your body. You're just focused on feeling your absolute best. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like my, the walk felt pointless to me unless we hit a certain number, unless we went a certain length. And that was eye-opening because, and I think too, because, you know, it's, it's March right now. I had my daughter end of October. I really haven't worked out since the end of October when I had her, just because of, you know, if you've listened to our episodes recently, um, you know, Lauren and I are both have some issues. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, so, but, so this was, you know, a new, like, oh, let's be active again. Let's get, let's get back into things a little bit. And I think it's, I'm, I've been programmed, especially with Beachbody, that my workouts really weren't for me. It was to like show people that I was working out to do things. Like I was, I think I'm almost more screwed up in the workout aspect of things than the food. I don't know. So I'm, I'm excited to go through the process just to see, because I'm so, I'm so out of touch with what I actually enjoy and what I really like doing. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So a couple of things that have come up for me, um, I shared this on our Instagram stories a little bit too, but I've kind of learned that I definitely have the punisher mentality. Um, so I correlate, I, I, okay. So I thought I was exercising because I thoroughly enjoy exercising, which I do. I'm an athlete at heart. I do love challenging my body. I absolutely love pushing myself to the limit. It's thrilling for me, but also I'm super obsessed with numbers. So why I was a math teacher probably, but I'm super obsessed with the, the rings on my Apple watch being closed, the amount of steps I've had in the day. I'm super obsessed with calorie burn. 
um, because I'm competitive and that's the masculine energy in me coming out, uh, super competitive. So I will, and also I want to shrink my body all the time. Like I'm always like, I've always been focused on the more calories I burn. That means, um, whatever I ate prior, I'll be able to eat more later or I'm punishing myself for eating something that I thought was bad, or if I ate too much. So then exercise would kind of negate that for me. So I'm learning that, but I will say the one thing that I've been experiencing a lot is through the making peace with food um, principle of intuitive eating. I think that's principle three. So like we said, there's 10 principles of intuitive eating and you kind of have to work through all 10 of them. So Number three has been the hardest for me. I'm still in that principle trying to work through things. So making peace with food. So the foods that I've really had off limits for a really long time, considered terrible foods, so unhealthy, whatever. I'm starting to allow myself to, to eat them because that's how you make peace with food is to not treat them like they're the devil. So I'm eating them and oh my God, the amount of anxiety and the thoughts that come into my head when I'm allowing myself to eat them are really mean, like mean. I, we went to get ice cream the other day because my son was like, mom, can we please get ice cream? And I'm just like, well, it was funny because I was in the car and my son asked and I was like, uh, yeah. And Nick's like, you almost said no, but then you're like, I actually kind of want ice cream. Um, and he's like, that was funny. You like caught yourself. So I went to go pick up the ice creams. My husband's like, told me what he wanted. I went and got my son his, and then I got me some. And I was excited because I really wanted it. I actually wanted the ice cream, but there was this voice in my head that was like, you're a piece of shit. You're going to be fat. You're going to gain all this weight. No one's going to like you. Your husband's not going to find you attractive anymore. Um, you can't work out right now. Why are you eating ice cream? Like your, your parents are going to think that you're a loser. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Those were the thoughts that went through my head over a freaking small sweet frog, frozen yogurt, ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I've had the same thing happen. Um, two of my foods that are off limits to me that I didn't even realize until I went through this process. One are Oreos. I used to be obsessed with Oreos and it was something that I used to binge be, and I would only binge them because I didn't let myself have them. Mm -hmm. So that's what diets do to us. Whatever you restrict, that's what you're going to binge. So we went and bought Oreos uh, the other day and then regular pasta. Like I actually went through a phase in my life where I told people that I couldn't have gluten. I I told people that because I honestly believed it, that I had a gluten issue. And so everything I had had to be whole grain. Like that's diet culture. Get it. Like gluten and whole grain though. Probably. I don't fucking know. I think it is. (laughs) Yeah. Literally don't know. So I would only eat whole grain stuff. This is what I'm talking about guys. It's really (laughs) So I'm like, you know what? I want like the pasta that they sell in the bags that are like, like they make in Italy and it's like hand rolled. Like I don't ever let myself do that. So I made the TikTok famous pasta um, with those noodles. And then I got Oreos and I have experienced similar thoughts. Like letting myself eat them is hard. It's hard. And it's like, 
but you're going to have to explain to like, if, if you gain weight, you're going to have to explain to people why you've gained weight. And mm-hmm. it, it's like people who have followed for so long and like praised us on like losing the baby weight quickly and doing all this shit now, like that's what's in my head. Yeah. And I'm experiencing that. That's funny. You said like, I I'm afraid to explain to someone why I still have a mom pooch. Yeah. Like, like, and, and not that, and it's funny cause we're actually going on vacation in June, um, like a 10 day, like beach, you know, vacation. And I went and bought a bunch of bathing suits that I wanted cause I wanted to feel comfortable, you know? And currently right now, I mean, my stomach, I've had two kids and it's stretched out and I've had two C-sections and I also have diastasis recti. So I don't have a lot of things going for my stomach right now. <laughs> like that's everything kind of against it. Um, personally though, when I'm like just home, like with my family or like around you or like people I feel comfortable and safe around, I don't really think about it that much. But when I have to put myself in an environment where people have always seen me as the super fit person, um, like, well, Lauren's always has a six pack. Well, Lauren always works out on vacation. Well, Lauren always is the healthy eater everywhere we go. She never indulges on anything. That was me. I was always putting, like, I had to put on a show. Like, this is what I do. Like, it was so insane. Um, so I'm, I've, I've had moments where I'm like, am I going to have to explain to people on this vacation, like why I don't have a six pack anymore? And like, like you, you have to like justify it, which you don't, you don't have to. I don't. And I highly doubt anyone's going to fucking ask me that. Like, who's going to be like, so I noticed lately that you don't have a six pack anymore. I'm just wondering about that. But I think it's more so that like, no one is going to ask you that if they do their complete dick, (laughs) like PSA, don't do that. Um, but I think too, it's like, you almost think you need to like cut them off like cut off their thinking before they get a chance to even think it or ask, like justify it. Like, I don't know if that's, what's going through my head. It's really, really crazy. It's really crazy. Um, something else that happened. So my husband and I, we went to Panera was right before we went like on like a little like getaway weekend and we were getting lunch on the way there. And we just stopped by Panera and they, we got, I got like that teriyaki bowl. They have like a chicken teriyaki bowl and my husband got it too. And I was really hungry. I shouldn't have let myself like wait this long to eat, but just with the craziness of life I did. And it is what it is. Um, so I was like really hungry. So I typically I'm a pretty fast eater. And I think that has a lot to do with, um, just the way I grew up. I think my, my dad's a fast eater. And also I think because I restricted food so much that when I finally got to eat something that was really delicious, I like wanted to eat it as fast as possible. For some reason, I like thought it was going to disappear and I don't know why. Um, so I'm eating the food in the car and I finished before my husband did. And he is not being a dick. He's like the nicest guy ever, but he goes, wow, you woofed that down. And I had to stop him and say like, you can't make comments like that to me ever again, because even though I know you're just joking and it's like silly and like I did, like I ate it really fast. I was freaking hungry. Um, That is a trigger to me where I'm going to start thinking that I ate too much and now I, and, but I can't work out right now. My typical response to that would have been like, when we get to where we're at, when we get to the place, our hotel, I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go run. 
Um, and so I told him, I had that conversation with him, like those statements, even though they're not, you don't think anything of them because they wouldn't bother you because my husband, we've just found out is an intuitive eater because we talk through all kinds of things. And that's why I get so pissed at him when he can just eat things and not think about it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why can't I do that? Um, because those statements don't really, they don't bother him, but they bother me because then I think, well, shit, I need to not eat so much anymore. So I'm learning also, and also it's okay too. like, if a family member or somebody is common commenting on your, your food or your body or any of that, like you should tell them that, Hey, I would really appreciate if you just didn't comment on my food. Like that would be really, I would really appreciate that. Um, because they probably aren't even realizing that they're doing anything wrong, but it's very triggering and it also is very demeaning. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Wow. I'm glad you guys had that conversation. Yeah. We had a with me every now and then. And I'm just like, you can't, you can't. We had, we had a funny conversation this weekend too, my husband and I, so <laughs> things that, you know, you don't realize yeah. kind of on a different tangent here. Um, we were cleaning, we got groceries, went to the store together. We we're putting things away and cleaning out the fridge before we put things away. And Chad looks at me and he goes, can you just stop buying ground Turkey? He goes, I'm just going to throw this out there. He goes, I don't like ground Turkey. <laughs> He's like, we, and you guys, I'm not even kidding you. I bet you for the last uh, probably eight shopping trips in a row, I have bought ground Turkey and we've thrown it away. Mm -hmm. We've probably thrown out 20 pounds of ground Turkey in the last couple of months. We just, we don't, I always buy it because it's healthy and then I never want to make it. And then it goes bad. And then I throw it out or I put it in the freezer if I catch it in time. So our freezer is shoved full of ground Turkey. We have it. I don't know why, like why literally <laughs> it's healthy. So Chad was so funny. Cause he's like, um, I'm just going to tell you that I don't actually like this. I'm not going to eat it for lunch. If you make it, I don't want it. So like, if you're going to eat it, buy it. If you're not, don't buy it. And it, he needed to say that to me. Cause I looked at him and I was like, I fucking hate ground Turkey too. I hate it. Yeah. I buy it because it's healthy. That's it. So we took it to my parents and I was telling my mom that, and she, she was funny. Cause she'd watch my Instagram stories and she's like, Oh, you're just going to live off Oreos now. <laughs> like, well, it's not exactly what intuitive eating is, but maybe for this weekend. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's interesting. The things that like have been pointed out in this like hyper awareness stage. Um, I got a couple more. I wrote down a list that I wanted to, to share with all of you. Um, Oh, sticking on the nutrition wagon. Um, so one thing I think is very interesting is I feel very guilty if I don't eat breakfast, if I wake up and I'm not hungry, mm. like I have been eating a protein, a carb, a fruit, and a veggie, those four food groups every day for the most part for a really long time. And if I wake up and I don't want that, I feel like my day is shot. I feel like something's wrong with me because I'm not making that because I don't, I, I'm not hungry for a, a veggie at 8am or whatever. Um, I also have realized that I talked myself into being able to eat a full bagel in the morning because I was pregnant. That was my... Mm -hmm that was my reasoning for like being cool with having an extra carb. And now that I'm not pregnant, it's like, you can only eat half the bagel. You can only eat half the banana. Like that crap is coming back in. And I'm like, 
no, I can eat whatever I want, but it's just that internal dialogue is very loud. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually watching, like I scroll through Instagram reels sometimes um, when I'm bored and whatever. And there was this one where it was like this dad um, saying dinner's ready, like in the reel. And his teenage daughter comes in and is like, I'm not hungry. Is it okay if I just like eat some of this later? And the dad's like, what? why would you do that? You're sitting down right now and you're eating this food. I made it. Blah. And the whole point of the reel is he cuts in and he's like, Hey parents, your if your kid is telling you they're not hungry, don't take it personal. They're just not hungry. Do not force them to eat when they're not hungry. Um, and I just thought that that was so eye opening because I, like you said, sometimes I'll force myself to eat because it's lunch because it's dinner because it's breakfast. And sometimes I'm not hungry. Like yesterday, Jen and I were working and I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, it's lunchtime. I should, you know, we made soup over the weekend. And I was like, oh, I'll just like heat up some soup. But then I'm like, as I'm heating it up, I'm like, I'm actually not hungry. But then I was like, yeah, but I feel like I should eat because, because it's lunch. So I started eating it, ate like two bites of it because I wasn't hungry. And then I ended up having to throw the rest away because it just was sitting there all day. And I'm like, ugh, like, why do I feel like I have to eat at specific times? Like, I don't. I know. It's insane. Well, and even today, I mean, we had some client calls this morning and then we took a lunch break. You made lunch. I didn't eat anything because I'm just, I'm not hungry. Like, but it's, it's just being very hyper aware of like all those things going through your head, like, but should I eat, but shouldn't I eat? But it's one 30, but it's lunchtime. Like all these voices are very apparent. Um, yep. I've also realized that I'm fine with eating carbs. Like I can tell you up and down why you should have carbs in a day, you know, they're for your good energy source, whatever. But I freak out if I have more than three a day. Like if I eat a full bagel and then I have pasta for lunch, I'm like, I can't eat a carb for dinner like that. I still count them, which I didn't realize I was doing. I also count vegetables and the opposite fact. I want to make sure that I get at least four servings of veggies in a day. And if I don't, I feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's very interesting. So yesterday I didn't have a vegetable until dinner time, and it's very new territory for me. Yeah. And what we want to point out, and I know some people might be thinking this is like, so let me get this straight. Intuitive eating is just like not eating vegetables and not eating like all of this. No, but if you, it's not that it's, um, the, the, what ends up happening in the beginning stages though, is if you are somebody like us, where we were on a meal plan and we had to have seven veggies a day and four fruits and only two carbs and half of a healthy fat and like something like that. Um, you in the beginning stages might not want that because it's not as satisfying as some other foods that you've been restricting are going to be for you. And that's a very natural stage to go in. Um, And so this stage, it's more so like Jenna said, like you're very hyper aware and you're kind of like, noticing all these things and it's kind of giving you anxiety because you're like what the fuck is going on and you're like I don't know if I'm doing things right there's no right or wrong in this stage there's no right or wrong in intuitive eating let's just put that out there and that's something that in this stage of the game is really hard to wrap your head around because for so long we've been told this is right this is wrong 
and now you're doing right and wrong. Like you're almost like, oh wait, I kind of want a veggie, but should I not have a veggie? Because I'm, I want to be an intuitive eater. And then you're like, but wait, I, I want one. Okay, but I also want an Oreo, but is that bad? No, it's not bad. No, it's like, that's what's going on in your head at this stage. It's so and it, normal. And it's so weird because it's like, you're right. Even with vegetables, you're like, wait, do I actually want a vegetable or am I just doing it because diet culture tells me that I should eat vegetables? Like it, I don't know. Like last night we had a salad for dinner and I'm like, do I actually want a salad? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, you have to sit back and ask yourself those questions. Like, what do I truly want to eat right now? And then you eat it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the sage. And it's, it's making peace with the foods that you have told yourself are bad for so, so long. Um, and it, you know, there is a point where it evens out like right now in this stage, I'm, I'm more so, and Lauren too, like we're eating more of those foods that we've labeled as bad because it's been a really, really long time since we've had them. And since we've allowed ourselves to do that, it does get to the point where things kind of even out and you do start to, to crave more veggies and more lean proteins and things like that. But it's just part of this whole making peace with food thing, where you just, you eat what you want and you remove the feelings of guilt. And I know that sounds way easier said than done. We'll just say that. Well, I will say, um, for me, like guilt still comes in, but I push through and I, I, I let, if I truly want the food, like if I'm truly like, I want it, I have to let myself have it. And then it's just nice to reflect because I feel like after I eat the food and some time has passed, I forget. Same. And then it's gone. And I'm like, Oh, my life. I didn't, I didn't wake up. Um, 500 pounds. Like I thought I was going to from eating one stupid ice cream. I'm like, not this terrible human being. My husband doesn't despise me. My mom doesn't think I'm a loser. Like all, like all the things that I was thinking, um, afterwards, it's like, that was stupid. That was silly, but it's like, you have to acknowledge that. And one thing I really love that they mention in the intuitive eating book, um, is that in the beginning of your intuitive eating journey, nutrition has to leave. Mm -hmm. Like all the nutrition info you've gathered, uh, like through your journey, you can't let that run you. Like I, and we've talked to some people where they're like, but I, but I want to feel good. I want to be healthy, blah, blah. Okay. But you're never going to make peace with food. If you're constantly letting that nutrition informant, we're going to get into dieting voices. We'll do a podcast on that. One of them is called the nutrition informant. If you're letting that nutrition informant run you, you're never going to be an intuitive eater. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. Yeah, you do. And, and it's hard. I mean, you know, even, even Monday morning, you know, this weekend I let loose, let loose way more than I, I would have in the past because I'm really working through these stages. And Monday morning I was like, but I should just get on the scale and see Oh, I've been tempted with the scale. Uh -huh. I can't get on it. If I get uh -huh. on it, no, same oh, shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. But I, I had to talk myself out of it pretty hardcore and, and I haven't been weighing myself at all recently. Um, but I just thought that was very interesting because it's, it's like, I let the reins loose a little bit and now I'm like, but oh shit, am I actually gaining weight? Am I actually causing damage? Like it still is ingrained in me. So I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've wanted to just see. Just see. I just want to see. I just see for even 
a second, I will be tortured. Same. Like, I, yeah, I'm not doing it. I will be a disaster. It will not do any good. It'll nope. just do a lot of damage. Yeah. Yep. So my husband won't let me get rid of our scale, but I'm putting it in the basement where his treadmill is because I don't want it anywhere near me. Yeah. I don't want it in the bathroom. It's too tempting. So I need to put it somewhere else. Interesting. Um, some positives that I've learned though. I learned that I don't hate cooking. I actually enjoy cooking. I hate meal prepping. It's a big difference. Yes. Yes. I hate meal prepping too. I hate, you know, I hate fucking meal prepping because I don't want to have to eat ground turkey all fucking week if I don't want it. Same. I made stir fry last weekend. We made a big ass stir fry, which I love stir fry. Made, oh, a ginormous tub of it. Never ate it again. Dumped it all this weekend. And I'm like, you know what? This is dumb. I'm not doing this ever again. I was like, so pissed when we were throwing it all out. I'm like, I will never meal prep anything ever again. No, I won't either. I mean, there's a difference between having things available that you like in your house and like conveniently kind of having them there and available. Um, but they're like, so I feel like if you have like if you bought vegetables because you really wanted them, like you could cut them up ahead of time just to make it easier for you. Or if you like have some pasta noodles that you make, you could put some in the fridge just to, if you want to grab that. But like not going into the meal prepping um, like mode, I guess, meal think, prepping like, mode. Like making ground, like chicken and broccoli and rice for all five days for lunch or making a stir fry and expecting to eat it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like yes. not putting these restrictions on you. No. Yes. Great. Yeah. So okay. I'm excited. I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, hopefully you guys are learning a lot just from like what we're experiencing throughout our journey. And it almost encourages you, like it is scary. It is difficult because we have our own demons that we have to work through, but it's worth it. Um, and like I said, it's a healing process. If you want to be healed, if you want to heal your wounds, you have to go through this. If you want to stay injured, keep pursuing weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. Like I leg to be dangling by a string for the rest of your life instead of healing it. <laughs> yeah. Keep pursuing weight loss. Yeah, definitely. Um, and let's, let's do the next episode on why you have to get rid of weight loss. Yes. In order to do intuitive eating. I think that would, that's a good time to bring that all in. We also have, I, I mentioned this earlier too. I'm pretty sure, um, I don't know exactly when, but we have an email that we wrote that talks about weight loss and why that needs to hit the road. So um, I mentioned our freebie earlier. So it is linked in our show notes. If you would like to get your hands on that and start getting our weekly emails so that you can be educated a lot more on intuitive eating, plus hear more of our stories on how our journey is going. And we'll also be giving you some tips and helping you kind of embrace that and how to get started, all the things. Also, if you're not following us on social media, make sure you're following us at fit.and.social. We are posting all kinds of really awesome content on there. Jenna and I really love humor a lot. So a lot of our content is just goofy, fun, light, but also educating you on intuitive eating. So get your hands on that. 
And we are actually going to be rebranding too. I wanted to kind of share this um, because we're going down this intuitive eating route, anti-diet culture, completely different than what we were doing. Like we've had this awakening. We are going to be rebranding. We're going to finally have a website that you guys can actually go to and learn a lot more about intuitive eating, about our journeys and what we offer and how we can help. But we're going to have some really fun pictures. It's just going to be a really awesome, badass environment that I think you're going to really enjoy. I think things that it's going to be a direct reflection of our personalities. Finally, I think that's what we've been needing. Um, I am so excited to get all of this together. Me too. All right. Until next time. See you later.